Rocco. You're listening to a podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I am Sandra Rivera. See? See, it, it does sound like you're <laughs> it does. It does sound like you're mocking me. You don't even mean to, but you're making fun of me. All right. So this is the uh, you've been on the podcast before. Yes. Uh you were on the podcast with Luisito. You were also on the podcast with Emmeline. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that, that that you get to be on the podcast with just me. Right. And I thought how appropriate because Nelly on Instagram asked a question. She was like, I need to know more about your relationship with your ex-wife. And I thought, okay, so she wants to know more about our relationship. Go ahead and, and describe to uh, to my listeners what our relationship is like. Um, when I think of you, I and think... And by of- the way, I'm holding my breath, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think of you, honestly, and I've just, I've said this to other people, is that I see you like one of my favorite cousins, you know, it's, it's almost like our, our marriage, it's so far removed. I don't even really think about that anymore. There's no, uh, no feelings of discomfort or awkwardness. I just kind of see you as family, like a, a cousin that I'm good friends with. I mean, we, we laugh, we have this good sense of humor. We get along, you know, we bicker when we need to and get over it. So I'm like a cousin that you don't invite to family functions, basically. Uh, first of all, you are have been invited to all of our family functions. Well, well not all. I mean, you know, really? Yeah. Because sometimes I go to your family functions and there's some family members that are like, oh, este otra vez. Really? I, didn't, I didn't say that you would be welcomed with open arms by everybody. Ah, I said okay. you were invited. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not saying you'd be happy there. I'm saying you're always welcome to go there and feel uncomfortable. That's your choice. Um, I still I still get the impression that there are certain members of your family that um, feel uncomfortable, but not in a bad way. They just feel, you know, like uh, protective of me. That's all. I think it's more protective of me. How can you be? How can you want to be protective of someone that is clearly happy and comfortable? Like, it, like if they see us joking around, it makes them uncomfortable. That's what's so confusing. And, and I think that is with the older members of my family, specifically the males in my family. Old school. <laughs> what's this guy doing here? Why is he making you laugh? He made you cry. Exactly. Don't let him make you laugh. It's a trick. Uh, So describe to people then how, um, not necessarily how we were, but how was I uh, before? Before what? Before before this, before this, before how we are now. Uh, During our marriage? Sure. And again, (laughs) uh, I can only hold my breath for so long, so be kind. Well, you can read about it all in your tell-all book, but... uh... Well, since you gave it away, yes, I did write a book and Sandra has already read uh, my preview copy, but it should be coming out later this year. Yes. Yeah, so she's already, uh, you're promoting it. I, I yeah, appreciate I'm that. promoting it. It was, let me say this. We are much better off being friends than partners. Okay. So I was a horrible husband. You weren't great. Right. I, I, I appreciate the kindness, <laughs> but I, I know you, I've known you for 20 years and I know when you're trying to tell me something, uh, and you said it very loudly. I've said all I've needed to say in yeah. private to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, and you'll and you'll uh, you'll learn this in the book. Sandra and I met in law school. Uh, we took the bar exam together. We were prosecutors together. And when I opened my office, um, we worked together. Right. So we go way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think has accounted for the change? Because apparently, I'm the only one that changed. Because you've been great. Uh, Presumably, right? From the very beginning? From the very start. Oh, how humble. Right. You're so (laughs) humble. Uh, So then what has accounted for my transformation? I think a lot of it has to do with your own personal feelings of content and happiness with where you are in life. I think a lot of... 
the problem uh, when we were married with just how dissatisfied you were with your own personal, uh, with your own position in life, what you were doing with your life. And I think once you decided to leave that profession and pursue your passion, um, I, I think it made you easier to be around because you felt fulfilled. That answer sounded um, like it's been through um, hours of counseling. <laughs> that that self-reflection. Yeah, that sounds like it's been like rehearsed in a good way. But you know? it's true. It's yeah. all true. Yeah. So I, like, I'm in a better place now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And somewhere, somewhere, Emmeline is uh, waving her hands like, uh, "Yeah." And who do you think got him there? Yeah. Yeah. Me. Well, who, whatever it took to get you there, I applaud. But I think, yeah, I think it started when you decided to pursue your passion. Not that you were easy to deal with in the beginning when you were struggling with it, but it kind of turned on a light in you. And then obviously when you met Emmeline and you had um, that relationship in your life that was a positive influence in your life, it just further enhanced uh, your own feelings of contentment and happiness. I think it's so critical. It's so important. People don't overlook that, you know, um, do what makes you happy. And they're like, ah, you know, I'll put it off. But it really does have an effect on not just um, your own self, but on your relationships. It almost has a, a carryover effect to those people around you, as you probably witnessed. Mm-hmm. I just was not happy being an attorney. The sad part or the confusing part was that I was really good at it. Mm-hmm. I was a really good lawyer. I was a really good litigator and I could bring business in. So it made it very difficult because as much as I hated it, I was good at it. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give uh, future divorcees that are getting a divorce, but they have kids and they want to remain friends. They want to have a good, healthy relationship, which is very rare to see, especially amongst Puerto Ricans, right? Mm-hmm. Or Latinos, like uh, like like the older generation, the older male generations in your family. It's not supposed to happen. Like the other person is supposed to leave the country yeah. and never come back. And if they come back, they're supposed to get arrested. Right. So what advice would you give these future couples seeking this type of relationship? Well, I've had the luxury of living through it, but also in practice in my um, profession to deal with a lot of uh, family law issues, divorces. And I think the uh, overwhelming common factor that I see in relationships uh, between divorcees who don't get along is just their inability to let go of the things that were done to them, the things that were said to them, what they experience. And that's not to um, belittle or diminish the pain uh, that they went through. But at a certain point when you're getting divorced, and this is how I felt, I got what I wanted. You get what you want. You got divorced. You're, you're not with that person. You don't have to deal with uh, the, the things that created so much animosity during the relationship. And so when you learn to let that go, um, and, and you know, you and I know both what we went through and, and what pain we went through, and I could easily hold on to that forever, you know, and, and resent you or hold a grudge. But it was a lot harder to harbor those feelings than it was to just focus on who we were when we met and all the good times and the fact that we genuinely did get along when you take all of the ugly stuff out and the the messy relationship stuff out the, we, the infidelities we actually got along right you know and so i think for people who are coming out of a divorce you can't expect that to happen overnight it didn't happen overnight for us either you know we we went through a lot of tension a lot of conversations a lot of conversations right. a lot of you know tugging and pulling with alexi being here in florida and you being in chicago and everybody kind of flexing their muscles about you know who's going to be the main parent here right who um, gets them for christmas 
this. And exactly. We'll get- exactly. And if you start to focus on that, you're both a parent to this child or to their children and that each parent has qualities that the child should be a part of or, or should see, then I think it makes it easier. But you have to give it time. It has to be yeah. time. You have to get past the hurt and the anger yeah. and the sadness. Well, you get a lot of the credit because I messed up a lot. And again, a lot of that is in the book and mm-hmm. it's in my shows. I live my life on stage. But you get a lot of the credit. Um, yes, I had to kind of get myself to a better place. But yes, you had to uh, forgive me. And, mm. and, and so you get a lot of the credit. A lot of people don't know that we don't even have a visitation schedule. Right. We've never had that. So we have an excellent kind of level of communication that has carried over to the boy um, because he spends time with me or with you or whatever. You know, it just works out that way. Uh, you're also you were also nice enough um, not to ask for child support. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do give me child support before anybody starts jumping on you about paying child support. <laughs> he, what? That's not a that's not that's healthy. Not okay. No, he's he's getting you again. It's all a trick. No, uh, I do pay child support, and that's, mm-hmm. it's just a running joke between Sandra and I uh, because Sandra could easily be asking for more, uh, and I could easily be asking uh, to pay less. Uh, <laughs> asking being the key yeah. word. <laughs> and it always makes you laugh. Um, so again, it's something that uh, I'm very grateful for. Um, but it also takes our our partners to accept this friendship to make it truly flourish, right? Absolutely. Because we've been in relationships where your partner or my partner uh, does not approve of this relationship, uh, and it makes it makes this uh, friendship that we have that much harder to maintain when we have to fight. Uh, with our partners. Uh, And I talk about that in my shows and and in the book as well. So what do you tell your partner or what have you told your exes, I guess, um, when it comes to our, our relationship? How do you like get, how do you sell them on this friendship that we have? Um, I'm pretty direct about it. I just let them know, um, you know, when it comes out in conversation about Alexi and then his father, you know, I'm pretty direct about the fact that, yeah, we have a really good relationship. We're good friends. You know, we talk often. Um, so it's not anything that I create a flow chart and, and a presentation and let them know. I just kind of from the beginning show that I'm not hiding talking on the phone with you. I'm not concealing the fact that I'm texting you. You know, I'll answer your calls if I'm with them. So I don't hide that fact from them. And then they can either get on board or not. You know, he's a former lawyer. Okay. Ouch. And um, he's a comedian. So please don't be funny. Uh, Please don't try to compete. (laughs) Remember that one time? Remember that one time? Yes, I remember. Where I had dinner with you and your boyfriend and you, uh, Sandra, made it a point. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But at that that time, it was your boyfriend. And Sandra made it a point to come up to me before he arrived. And she goes, please don't be too funny. Um, because I don't want to make him uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm like, how can you tell me not to be funny? That's Now that's all I wanted to be was to be funny. Well, and see, that goes to show that that was not the relationship for me. The relationship that I'm in now with my uh, boyfriend right now, that is a fantastic relationship because you guys get along. Yes. He is uber confident. You know, he doesn't feel awkward around you. He doesn't feel like he has to compete with you. No, and everybody w- yeah. can just be themselves. I can make him laugh. Exactly. And you guys won't break up. Exactly. But I want to get to something uh, a little bit more personal, uh, something that I just remembered. You decided not to have any more children after uh, you had our son. Correct. Describe to me the moment you decided you were done. Yeah. So 
my sister had two boys and she decided to go for a third. She wanted a girl. And as luck would have it, she ended up with twin girls. Uh, unbeknownst to us, we had twins in our family. My grandfather was a twin. Uh, we did not ever know that. So she ended up with twins and just watching her deal with uh, twin babies and realizing that A, it runs in the family. B, uh, being advanced maternal age, as they like to call it, increased my likelihood of ending up with twins or even triplets. No, that was not for me. Do you remember uh, after we were split up and divorced that you mentioned that if you were to have another kid, you wanted to have it with me? Why did I say that? I remember you saying, because I don't want two kids with two different fathers. <laughs> that sounds like something I, I would say. I don't want to be that that, that girl <laughs> that has two kids with two different fathers. My two kids have different last names for than me. <laughs> You're like, no, no, we did go with one. I think I'll, I think I would use you for the second one and then be done with you for good. We got so lucky with Alexi. He was always so easy. And I just, because I, I didn't want to impress my luck, you know, of, of ending up with, you know, another kid and you hear people say, malo, if I had had that one first, yeah, yeah. I never would have had any more kids. El malo, el malo. Yep. That's God's way of luring you in to have another kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, see how, see how good that kid came out? Come on, have another one. Yeah, and then sale el diablito. That's, <laughs> that's the one. That's the, the, the shuts down La Fabrica. So we recently had a Friday the 13th mm -hmm. and I read an article about how superstitious we still are as a society which is contradictory, right? Because we're surrounded by, by so much technology and yet um, we practice a lot of these superstitions, right? Like Friday the 13th. Mm -hmm. Would you ever get married on Friday the 13th? You know, I wouldn't because it's Friday the 13th, but right. I can't say that I'm superstitious about Friday the 13th, but it's almost like, but I'm not going to get married. Right, it. right. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I, I'm not, but I still respect it, yeah, right? Exactly. Well, that's the thing is, is how we are, right? You ever notice like in, in, in these uh, skyscrapers, there's no 13th floor? Mm -hmm. yeah. But think about that. Why is there no 13th floor? Is it that serious? I think it's become part of our culture. Our, there's our... not like one real estate mogul that'll be like, you know what? Let's throw a 13th floor. <laughs> think about it. There's not one rebel. We have rebels for everything. And like 13th floor? No, pass. I'll be rebellious in another way. How about this? How about uh, when you cross your fingers for good luck? I only do that in emojis. See, <laughs> you're not superstitious. You're not superstitious in real life, but in emojis. But it's you're... like, but it's, it's just kind of a, a conversational. It's become part of conversation. Like, oh, good luck. Okay, you know, you cross your fingers or you do the emoji. It's not. I don't put any feeling or conviction behind it. It's just kind of part of the yeah. dialogue. Yeah, you're not gonna resist it, but you're gonna respect it. Okay, how about knocking on wood? No, I don't do that. You never say, for example, no, I haven't gotten the flu. Knock on wood. You know, you ever see people say it? Yeah. They won't even look for the wood to knock on. They just say it. Exactly. That's how superstitious, because I've, I've done it. I'll be like, for example, you know, yeah, I haven't gotten sick this year. Knock on wood. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's supposed to have some kind of magical influence mm, on my yeah. immune system. Knock on wood is usually my God willing. Haven't gotten sick this year. God willing. That's well, what I usually say. Okay. But why do you say that? Well, because I believe in God. I, I get that. But I, I, like, if you don't say that, you think God will be like, hey, she didn't say it's my will. 
again. Maybe I should drop the virus in on her to remind her that it's in my it's part my of will. the dialogue. <laughs> okay, how about the black cat? Uh, you know, no. And when I went to college, I went to a all women's college that had a lot of history of ghost stories and spirits and all that. And they used to say that the cats on the campus, when you would see them, they'd come up together and they'd meow at each other, like they'd have a conversation. And they said. The legend was that they, uh, there was the slaves or the uh, groundskeep people um, who worked the grounds lived in the attic of the main hall and there was a fire there and they all perished and their spirits went into the cats. If they were telling me that story, I'm packing and leaving. I I'm, loved it. I'm I dropping loved it. out. Normally, I would say I agree with you, except when I was in Iceland recently with the boy, we were walking down the street, right? It was late at night. There was nobody around. And this black cat comes out of nowhere, right? Spooks <laughs> me. I yell, which scares the boy. But the cat tries to cross the street in front of us. I, all of a sudden... <laughs> Like, cannot allow this to happen. So I start veering away. Like, I'm walking parallel with the cat because I don't want it to scare me. But I will refuse to let it cross me. So now the boy's on one side of the street wondering <laughs> left why, our son. Yeah, why I am, like, deviating my route. It's because, so I ended up going almost into this person's house just to get around the cat. And I was so embarrassed because he, cause then Alexi was like, Dad, where'd you go? And I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, what do you say, right? I'm so superstitious that I refuse to have the cat cross me, so I had to go all the way around him. I go, oh, I was gonna, I was checking his house, you know. It was interesting, you know, and uh, and uh, let's keep walking and, and watch out for black cats. Lex is definitely not afraid of black cats. Yeah. How about the number 666? That I don't mess with. Ah, uh, see? Why? I don't, it's just I don't, three numbers. It's, but it's it's the, the number of the devil. I don't, I don't know. So, okay. So you found your dream house. I'm and not moving six, into 666. North Avenue. No, I don't think. Dream I don't, house. I don't think I've ever seen an address 666, to be perfectly honest. See what I mean? Why mm -hmm. not? No. So you're telling me the, the street will be 664, 668, 670? But I would never. I know, but isn't the house. 668 house really the 666 house? I won't even, if my total at the store comes out to 666, which has only happened once, I will buy a pack of gum or something just so my total is not 666. That is hilarious. You know why? Because <laughs> on Instagram, if there's like a 665, I will not like it. Or if there's a 666, I'll like it just to break it up. <laughs> just so that it, the post will have 667 likes. Okay, how about purse on the floor? See, I don't think that's, I, I mean, for me, I don't think that's superstition. I just thought, I was always taught like, oh, it just doesn't look good to put your purse on the floor, but I do it anyway. You do it. Yeah. So it's, not, it. it's not a big deal. No, it's not a big okay. deal. How about not saying your wish out loud? So make a wish, make a wish, right? And then people go, what'd you wish? And then people always say what? Don't, don't say, say the wish. Don't say don't the say wish. It. Don't say the wish. Why? Why not? I don't know. I think it's just a tradition, but no. Would you say your wish out loud? I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. Really? I, I, I don't really. I honestly don't even really make a wish when I blow out the candles. I'm what? Like, okay, I made the wish. Why no, would you make a wish? Because I don't believe in that. You don't believe in wishes, but you believe in God. So you pray to God for things you want, but you don't wish for those things when you blow out candles? I don't wish it on a wax candle. No, I'll just pray to God for the things that I want. Okay, why can't you call it a silent <laughs> prayer to God as you blow candles? I don't do it at your request when you're singing and telling me to make a wish. Oh, so we're going to go make a wish. I pray on my 
finish, own time. Yeah, you go, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll do it on Sunday when I go to church. Okay. How about bird poop? When you're walking and like and a bird poops on your shoulder or on your head, they go, Oh, that's good luck. I don't find that lucky at all. But they did do that in that movie under the Tuscan sun, right? Yeah. That's and right. they go, Oh, that's good luck. And it's happened to me and it does not feel I lucky feel at all. I feel very unlucky. It does not feel lucky at all. Mm-hmm. How about this one? You'll find this one really interesting. This one is from Mexico. Facing mirrors. Okay, so when you have a mirror facing another mirror. So imagine uh, like uh, if you have a mirror up against the wall and you have a mirror on the other wall. Mm -hmm. Mirrors that face each other. Mm -hmm. It is said to open the door to the devil. Mm. It says in Mexico and other areas, it's believed that two mirrors set to face each other, which may look cool and create a pretty weird optical illusion, can in fact open the door to hell. They say that if you put two mirrors in front of each other, you open a threshold for the devil. Wow. Well, I do that on a daily basis when I do my hair. Like I have to hold a mirror in front of me to see the back of my head to make sure that my hair looks okay. You're opening the every, door to the devil. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. It's like the, an open invitation. Yeah. The person who's afraid of 666 <laughs> every day opens the door to I've the devil. I've never heard that. I don't say Candyman. Don't ever say Candyman three times. Whoa, whoa. So I'm you not, can't say it. Whoa, I'm, I'm not really superstitious. <laughs> you almost put your finger to my mouth. I don't say that. Don't say no. candy and then hombre. Yeah, you can't you say that. You just said it though. I said it twice, so you can't say, I can't say it. You can't say it three times. Correct. So if I say, huh, then, what happens? Then he shows up. He shows up like right now, like right here, or he shows up <laughs> at his choosing whenever he chooses. I don't know. Or he'll I don't cho- want to test it. That's uh-huh. one of those like, I don't want to know if it's true uh-huh. or not. He'll show up when you put those mirrors to check the back of you. That movie scarred me for life. I didn't even know it was a movie. You never saw that movie? Candyman? I've already Why said are you it once. saying that? I've already said it once. You can't say it. You said times. it twice, though. I'm not saying it again. So, wait, so the both of us just said it three times, but not in a row. If I say Candyman, that means I've said it twice. Stop. Okay. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, if we ever have an issue over the boy in court, I'll just be okay. like, hey, judge, listen, <laughs> she wants more child support, but I can say a certain word. And you, Where's she going? Where's she going? (laughs) Case dismissed. Case dismissed. (laughs) Okay, so you know that uh, schools have changed the way they teach math. Yes. And we've had this experience trying to help our son with math. Correct. Yes. Because, you know, there's a a move towards what they call common core standards. Mm Mm-hmm. I read an article that said, with Common Core, students are learning more complicated and in-depth methods of doing math that focus in part on a simple idea. You ready? To teach students to think critically and to do so at an earlier age compared with previous standards so they can pursue career training or college. Well, they are learning some more advanced math techniques a lot earlier than I did. Okay, but we came out okay. We came out fine. And, and why is it that like I can't hang with my son when I try to help him with math? Like he he ends up teaching me. Yeah, the the method that they go about. Wow, I mean, it's it's frustrating. Okay, so I thought you'd get a kick out of this. I got my hands on some standardized test questions that the state of Wisconsin gave their third graders. I have to say, I feel like the older I get, the dumber I'm getting. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, I don't want to disagree. Uh, (laughs) I kind of want to agree with it, but let's just... You agree I'm getting dumber? Well, it's it's just funny the way you said it, because you were almost apologetic about it. You're almost like, listen, I don't want to let you down, but I feel like I'm getting really dumb. I really do. Yeah. 
Imagine if we went into the bar exam with that mentality. Hey, listen, um, <laughs> take it easy on me because I'm, I'm an older student and I'm getting dumber by the, by the year. So here we go. I'm going to give you a pen and paper, okay, mm-hmm. because this is like, this is legit. Okay. Question number one. Clara brings five boxes of cupcakes to school. Each box contains the same number of cupcakes. There are three cupcakes remaining after Clara shares 27 cupcakes with her classmates. How many cupcakes were in each of the boxes Clara brought to school? So she, there were six cupcakes in each box. You say six. The answer is six. Don't get too confident. (laughs) The first one is just to lure you in. That's like the, the good kid that you have, you know, then God wants you to have a second kid. Question number two. There are 185 books on a bookshelf. Rounded to the nearest 10, how many books are on the bookshelf? That's in the middle. Um, I think you go up when you round, so it would be 190. You say 190? That is correct. Say yes. There are 48 students signed up for swimming lessons. The teacher splits the students into eight equal groups. Which expression could the teacher use to find the number of students in each group? 48 plus 8, 48 minus 8. 48 times 8, 48 divided by 8. 48 divided by 8. Final answer, that is correct. Thank you. Okay, final question. Ready? Mm -hmm. Andy needs to find the value of N in the division equation shown. N divided by 9 equals 3. Determine whether Andy could use each of the multiplication equations in the table to find the value of N. You see what I'm saying? N. Whoa, trying to find whoa, the value whoa, of n. These are whoa, third graders. Whoa, why are you arguing? I'm just, I'm just. Go on. <laughs> I'm just giving the exam. Here we go. N times three equals nine. Three times nine equals n. N times nine equals three. Nine divided by n equals three. Three times nine equals n. That is correct. Thank you very much. Although I got to tell you, you didn't look as confident. You look more upset than confident. I was upset that this is what they have to learn in third grade. I probably did that, you know, summer after ninth grade. You feeling confident? You want one more? Sure, I'll take one more. Okay, so since you did so well, I'm going to pull one question from the standardized uh, math questions they gave to eighth graders. That's almost our son's age. You ready? Okay. Here we go. A hot air balloon is fueled by propane gas. A pilot records her use of propane gas, Y, in gallons per minute, X over several flights. She determines that the linear model that best represents her data is Y equals 40 minus 2 over 5X. What does the slope represent in the pilot's model? By the way, I can barely get through that question because you you just put the pen down and threw your arms up in the air. That's pretty much what I would have done uh, in class. Oh I would have just thrown the pen and be like, I'm out. Can I go back to seventh grade? This is eighth grade, right? I wasn't supposed to do eighth grade. I was supposed to do seventh grade again. Matter of fact, can I go back to sixth grade? I need the momentum uh, going into this eighth grade impossibleness. I used to know this stuff. I used to be able to do this stuff. Okay. Uh, option A, the hot air balloon uses two gallons of propane gas every five minutes. B, the hot air balloon uses five gallons of propane gas every two minutes. C, the hot air balloon uses two-fifths of a gallon of propane gas every 40 minutes. Or D, the hot air balloon uses five, uh, five over two gallons of propane gas every 40 minutes. I can't even read the option. If it's option D, I fail because I couldn't even say it right. Uh, let's see, two-fifths You're actually 40. giving it a shot. I am. This is when you just go, ah, C, and you move on. um, Look at you using your scrap paper. 
hot air balloon. You look extremely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hot air balloon uses five half gallons of propane gas every 40 minutes. So you're going to go with D. I'm going to go with D. With the, with the choice I couldn't even read. Yes. That oh, is wrong. God. That is wrong. What it was, was the right answer? It was A. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what we just did. Oh, my gosh. And that was it, podcast, the Ellie Castro Show. I am Ellie Castro. And I am Sandra Rivera. For more information on my shows, mi gente, you can go to elliecastro.com and you can follow me on social media under Ellie Castro Comedy. Remember, mi gente, life is so much better when you're laughing. Hasta la próxima. Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror, you say his name. Bye.